Well, good morning. Welcome to School Days, Help for Moms and Dads of School-Age Kids. I'm Danita Bailey. And I'm David. Today's show will give you tips for helping your child set and achieve goals and develop a growth mindset. Children live for today, and sometimes it can be challenging to encourage our children to think beyond the moment and set their sights on the bigger picture. Yeah, the growth mindset is really kind of a new concept for me, and I love that it goes along with the concept of grit, which is, you know, something that we definitely want to build into our children so that they, you know, have the ability to stick to the stuff even when it's more difficult for them. Yeah, you know, I know a lot of times it was challenging for my kids to um, just just to get through the work that I would give them in, in school. You know, not it wasn't because they weren't able to or they didn't have the ability but it was just that sometimes they just didn't feel like it. And they would tell me, Mr. Baylor, I just, I don't feel like doing it. And so, you know, this is, I'm definitely looking forward to talking about this today and how we can support parents. So before we go any further, let me just say, it takes a village. So if you hear a great parenting tip or a nugget of advice that you think would be great, please share it with your parent friends. Facebook it, Instagram it, tweet it, link it in. And when you do that, add the hashtag, hashtag school dazed show and hashtag I am school days. And also, we definitely want you to be a part of the show. So if you have questions or comments about your experience and our topic, give us a call at 214-431-5062. All right. So let's get right into it. Uh, today, we welcome Katrina Mabry Smith. And Katrina is in her sixth year of service with the Mansfield Independent School District and her 15th year of service in public education. She earned her Bachelor's of Arts in Mass Communications and English from Southern University and a Master's of Educational Leadership from Louisiana Tech University. Before she began her current position as AVID District Coordinator, she served as an English teacher, AVID teacher, and site coordinator, and high school assistant principal. And she is a married mother of five. Welcome, Katrina. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. So tell us about the AVID program. Okay, AVID is a wonderful, wonderful college readiness system. Uh, it's been in Texas schools and school districts for over 20 years, and there are currently 160 Texas school districts that have the AVID college readiness system. And its mission is to close the achievement gap by preparing all students for college readiness and success in a global society. And they do that by uh, influencing the instruction, the leadership, the systems, and the culture of each school. So uh, when we're talking about growth mindset, those are the types of things that AVID provides. We have it in our elementary uh, schools, which in comprise of intermediate also, where we do more of school-wide things to support students with goal setting, with organization, with planning, focus note-taking, and using wicker strategies, writing, inquiry, collaboration, organization, and reading campus-wide. But in our secondary campuses, it's an elective course that students can be enrolled in. And of course, they do a lot of the th same things with goal setting, organization, planning, and time management, but there are other aspects. They encourage students to take risks academically and enroll in a, in a course of rigor, which is defined mm. as a pre-AP or AP or dual enrollment course or even IB courses and the goal is to for, for students who are not necessarily at the top of their class but have that potential and are willing to take the risk 
They support them through tutorials twice a week with college or adult age tutors or even sometimes cross-age tutors to give them the support they need to be successful in the rigorous courses. So the goal is for them to not just make it into college, but to be, be prepared and successful in completing that college degree. And so is there a certain type of student that you look for? What are the qualifications for being in the program? Yes, there is an application and an interview process, but students who are in the middle are those that are targeted by AVID. So if they are, they're not straight A students, they're not failing every class, but they're truly in the middle. Uh, they may historically be underrepresented in colleges or universities. So some of mm -hmm. our minority students are minority males. They may be uh, targeted for the AVID elective. They may be the first in their family to attend college. So mm. those first-generation college students mm -hmm. would be students that would be ideal for AVID. And if they receive free or reduced, reduced lunch, then they also meet qualifications for the AVID elective. Great, great. And they're encouraged to take um, um, higher-level courses and AP courses, which historically with this group of kids is probably not something that they are encouraged to do. Right. They may feel, hey, I'm not really strong in every area or I'm not at the top of my class, but if they're willing to take the academic risks and do the work that's involved, we will support them through tutorials. And it really is like a family environment in the AVID elective. So students cheer each other on, they support each other. And when they come to, to tutorials during the day uh, in class, they're expected to bring a question, a content-related mm. question, something they don't know. So there's no... Um, there's no bad feelings about, hey, I don't know this. Yeah. Everyone's expected to bring something that they need clarification on. And it's up to the group through Socratic inquiry to support one another. So it's really a great atmosphere. And the goal is also for students when they go to college to be able to emulate that study group so they can form mm. their own study group and get what they need from the peers around them and from the students in their classes. But they're encouraged to take great notes so they have resources uh, that they can use of course yeah. we're in the digital age so they're they're able to pull from different areas and from the expertise of those in their in their study groups to be successful mm -hmm. all right that's great so uh what are smart goals what is a smart goal so for okay. intelligent people what what, what <laughs> is that? you have to be smart to reach that goal okay smart goals are they're, they're, they're smart. They, I mean, they're a way to set goals in a way that you can see and monitor progress. So, of course, smart goals should be very specific. It can't be something that's too broad because if it's too broad, you won't be able to measure how well you're doing or how, how you've actually met it or how you're progressing toward meeting the goal. So it has to be something that's very specific. It also needs to be measurable. So if you're using uh, data such as, you know, grading periods and you're looking at a, a specific grade point average or if your goal is to to maybe increase your savings by a certain amount you've got to have a measurement for it otherwise it's pretty vague and sometimes you'll wane off because you don't see any growth or you don't see any tangible progress being made they also need to be attainable so they can't be something that's really far-fetched you know tomorrow i want to make it to the nba <laughs> that's you know that's not realistically right. attainable so you want to think about goals that you can actually reach that are within reach and that are reasonable and they need to be action oriented you've got to have some steps and things that 
you plan to do or plan to change in order to make that goal a reality. So Mm -hmm. if that means an increase in study time or it means, hey, I'm not going, I'm going to limit my spending or I'm going to limit my computer time so that I can maybe work in my schoolwork a lot more, you've got to take some action. Mm-hmm. So there, those are things that need to be planned and prepared for. They also need to be relevant. So it needs to be meaningful for the person who's setting the goal. If it is so outlandish or has nothing to do or no benefit to the person setting the goal, then they're like they're less likely to work toward it. Right. So it's got to be meaningful. You have to care yes. about your goal. <laughs> yes, you do have to care about it. And that should be the first part in setting it, setting something that's meaningful. Right. And then... Last but not least, it needs to be timely. So there's, it needs to be time-bound. So you've got to have some, some set times to go back and look at progress or benchmarks to have met certain steps. And then go back and reflect on how well something worked or something did not work in case you need to adjust or maybe make changes. But you've got to have that timeline. So you can't just say, hey, I'm going to – my dream is I've got a bucket list. And you, you don't know how long you're going to live but if you've got time, timely measures and benchmarks, you're able to meet all of those uh, those requirements and successfully meet the goal, hopefully before you pass away. So this is while you were talking, I just thought of a question uh, for parents. <laughs> I know we, we have we have some questions, uh, but I'm going to kind of go off tangent a little bit, but it, it's good. So. Better be good, Bailey. Oh, it's going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> so I think of, okay, so because we're, our audience is, you know, we're talking to parents here. How do parents juggle goals that they know that the kids need to be striving for versus maybe the kid just says, you know what, I want to be the best gamer um, on, you know, PS4 network or whatever. And that's, you know, that's for them. That, that's great. But. There are other goals that may not be on their radar. So how, how do we help parents to help get their kids to see beyond just maybe? If, if they're already on the path, that's great. But what if they're not? And how do we help them to, to get on that path to get those, those meaningful SMART goals that are going to help them to drive success? Okay. So you can actually make some meaningful goals that are still related to your students' interests. So if, say, for example, you, you made an example about a gamer. So if they wanted to pursue a career in game design, what are some of the things now that they're going to be going to need to do academically to support them in earning a degree or certification in that area? Mm -hmm. So how does that then relate to what you're doing now? So take the long-term goals and then make them into something that they can start now. What part of it can you start now and how does that relate to academic work or uh, personal goals? So if this means that you're going to have to spend a little bit more time on your game system, which, of course, they would love in order to do some research, well, <laughs> then, you know, what product are, are we going to have as a result of that? So um, it may be putting them in connection with someone in that field to mm-hmm. learn more about the things that they've gone through, their obstacles, some of the plans that they set for so they can start on a meaningful path and it can relate to if your if your focus is academics, then for that kid, you can find an academic goal that would meet that long term career goal. Okay. So it's just finding what they want to do, even in the long term, and making it applicable to now. Right, and making kind of mini goals. Yes. In in uh, 
in trying to reach your larger dream and goal. Um, so, you know, children kind of naturally set goals, even when they don't know they're doing it. I know I was talking to a couple of my kids and, and saying, you know, we're going to do goal setting. And they were like, I've never done that before. And I said, well, you didn't know how to tie your shoes and you made a goal to tie your shoes. So, and you reached that goal. So it wasn't a formal goal, but so why should we formally sit down and set goals with our, our kids? You should do this as a formal activity because goals should not be approached haphazardly you can't just Mm -hmm. say hey i'm going to make a goal and it not have any meaning or relevance so it should be a thoughtful process and when it's meaningful to the to the child they're more inclined to work toward it so they need to be a part of it so um, it should be formal also because you don't want them just to say hey i'm going to do it and there are no steps in action so Mm -hmm. they need to have the plans to reach that specific goal and those benchmarks, those little mini measures that tell them they're on the right path and targets and guidelines for the activities. So if you're going to say, hey, I'm going to do my homework more. Well, what are you going to be intentional about when doing the homework? What's going to be different about it now that this is your goal? So those questions need to be brought up so that students and and children in general have an opportunity to think out their plan. And Goals and actions can be adjusted along the Mm -hmm. way. So if you don't have a formal plan or process for how you're going to reach a goal, then you won't have any recourse for going in and reflecting and adjusting things. It will just be done at will. There's no measurement. There's no rhyme or reason to it. So that planning is essential in making that goal attainable. So it's just the steps in the process that will show what you're doing is effective. Right. And that you're moving in the right direction and you've got measures to show that. So I'm trying to make a case for parents, because if parents are anything like I am, which I'm imagining I'm not alone, but um, it's hard to decide to sit down and do this activity. I did it with our youngest, Christina, who's six. And that was actually kind of a fun little activity to see what she wanted to do. She wanted to learn how to swim, how to ride her bike and how to talk less in school. <laughs> <laughs> and get in trouble. <laughs> so that that was that was good. But um, what I want to do is kind of make a case for parents to actually take the time and do this. So what are some of the the things that goal setting teaches children? What are some of the benefits of it other than reaching the goal? Okay, it teaches students and children lots of different things. It ch- teaches them to be visionary. Mm. All of our leaders, you know, if it's school leaders, political leaders, all leaders have a vision. And they get others to follow them. So it teaches students to set a vision on what they want to see happen. And it sets a purpose for the plan. And it can be an academic goal or a personal goal, but there should be a vision. Uh, It teaches them how to plan. So there's such a thing as backwards mapping. So if you take a planner and you have a test on Friday, you should be able to see actions leading up to that assessment that will ensure that they are giving their best effort and are most prepared. So if you've got a plan with a timeline, you can teach students how to plan accordingly. Hey, let's look back. What can we do two weeks out from this date to prepare for it? Mm -hmm. What can we do a month out from this date to prepare for it? If we're looking at graduating uh, this May, what should we have done, you know, in October to prepare for it? So you teach kids how to plan. You also teach them how to strive for continuous improvement. 
mm-hmm. because hey just meeting a, a goal is one thing but uh turning that goal into another goal or seeing how something can be done better is always great it teaches kids to be innovative and say hey this worked really well but what can i do next time to make this more efficient or more effective or to reach more people so continuous improvement is something that can be taught with uh, goal setting it also teaches responsibility you've got to have a change in your own actions to result in achieving the goal so if you don't change anything then you may not necessarily see growth in an area but if you're willing to change your habits and you're willing to change your eating or you're willing to change your time management you should see some reward in meeting that goal it teaches them to be independent because you know they take ownership of it you get right. yes even with activities in school when kids are given a choice and they choose something they want to do they they take ownership of it and right. they put more effort into it so if they've taken ownership of the goals then they're able to you know really be be intentional about intentional about what they're doing because hey they've got something at stake there let me interject real quick Mm -hmm. that that might be a making a case for not giving your child the goals for them the ownership thing Absolutely. Because I think that that might be a temptation for some parents that uh, this needs to be your goal or this needs to be your goal. So because they need to take ownership and really buy into it and for it to be relevant that are part of the SMART goals, they need to make sure that it's something that they actually care about, not just you care about. Absolutely. They should have ownership of that process. And so it's okay as parents to to guide your student Mm -hmm. or your child to, you know, ask them some questions that may prompt some thinking. So if it's not necessarily something that you you might find meaningful, ask them why it's meaningful to them. Mm. Or how do you plan to manage this goal? Have you considered, you know, if your goal is to pass the driving test, have you considered what other resources you're going to need. Can you put that into your planning so that you communicate with me since I'll be the person taking you out to drive I took mine five times. <laughs> I took my driver's test five times. Wow. <laughs> Parallel parking <laughs> killed me. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're driving today, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm driving, yes. Driving a he's minivan. A, he's I'm an all, excellent driver. Yeah, I'm all up in it now, so. <laughs> Resilience. Yeah. <laughs> it's another thing it teaches, but mm-hmm, yeah. it teaches them when there's an obstacle along the way, hey, my goal is still here. I still need to to make moves forward. So what can I do to not go around the obstacle, but to, to face the challenge? What am I going to need to equip myself with to make sure that the next time an obstacle comes, you know, even as an adult, I need to be able to problem solve. Right. And I need to think critically about what I can do and encourage my myself even to to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. So teaches lots of different skills. Yeah. Awesome. Um, for some parents, they may not be familiar with the concept of a vision board. Could you talk about what is a vision board and how it could be beneficial for a student and for a family? Okay, vision boards are where you take images of things you want to attain or achieve or symbols of things that that are related to a goal that you have, and you post them up for you to see every day. So every day as you you pass by your door, you may may look at there look at the images there and say, "Hey, this is what I'm working towards." So it kind of gives you a renewed focus every day, and you don't lose sight of where you're trying to go or what you're what you're trying to achieve so it's just a visual representation it can be on um, the cork board 
or a poster board or just you can find images on a computer and print them out. Right. My, my only issue with a vision board, I do love that it's because I'm, I'm visual. So I do love that I get to see on a regular basis what my goals are. But the only thing is that it's it's limited in that there's no plan set for that. Absolutely. So I think that more steps need to be taken beyond just the pictures and posting what your dreams are. Yes. And a vision board, it, it does have the end goal in mind, but none of the steps are going to be there, as you said. So it's important to go through the, the formal goal setting activities and planning so that you have a roadmap to meet those goals. So it's kind of like uh, a race. If, if you only prepare for that, that finish line, the last leg before you finish the, the course, then you, you may not be equipped to meet all of the different challenges along the way or just have a plan on where you're going and the things to to get done or accomplished in order to meet that goal. So absolutely, it should not be set alone, but just, you know, if, if, if you would want your student to envision and have that image there, yes, put that up there. Now let's plan on how we're going to get there. So you're absolutely right, 100% behind you. Yeah. You know, there were uh, kids a lot of times, you know, they would – get a grade back and be utterly shocked that they you know failed or got a C or whatever and you know I'd ask them well why why do you think you got that or did you prepare for the test well no I didn't prepare for the test oh <laughs> is that okay. a thing okay right <laughs> so do you think there's a correlation between you not preparing and the grades you got oh yeah I didn't think about that before you know and I was I would always say to them look wanting it is not enough a lot of people want stuff, mm. but are you willing to pay the price to do what it takes to get to what you really want? And I remember one kid in particular, he, you know, he was struggling. He was frustrated with his grades. I said, well, why don't you put in the effort to actually start studying? Go figure. And <laughs> he came back a few weeks. I saw his grades going up and up and up. And he was like, Mr. Bailey, I'm <laughs> trying to study thing. And it's actually working. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's amazing, you know. Uh, but but it was so it was so great to see the joy on his face when he saw that when he put forth the effort because he was always he was always capable yeah. but when he put forth the effort and he saw the results that it was you know very rewarding for for him so that really you know made me feel good yeah I love that yes. that saying a goal without a plan is just a wish mm -hmm. yes. got to actually put some uh, some feet to your to your plan there so Katrina so what if I have a child who has no goals. No goals. <laughs> no goals. <laughs> They're like, I've got nothing oh I no. want to achieve. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, of course, we want to make sure that our, our children are college, career, and military ready. So whatever <coughs> they plan to do after they leave our homes and enter society, we want to make sure that they're prepared. So you may want to talk with your child and say, hey, what are some life-ready skills that we can get underway so of course i mentioned a driver's license um that requires a study plan the processes for getting a permit uh practice planned with an adult uh requires some resources there's an actual written test and an actual driving test so there are a lot of different components there so mm -hmm. if they just want to get their license then you've got a goal there that has plans and benchmarks and measures another thing um is to consider the long-term goals and make them goals that they can start working at right now. Right. So uh, for college admissions, if you if that is your student's plan, just, hey, we don't have any goals, but I, I know that you plan to go to college. 
right? What do you want to major in? What are some things that we can do now with community service and volunteerism mm-hmm. that can yeah. give you a glimpse into that feel to make sure that this is something that you want to do and how can we go about doing that set a plan and a timeline with students or with your children to get some of these things accomplished hey i want to spend some time working in the medical field so how can i do that can i apply to be a candy striper can i Mm. you know do community service or work uh have a mentor who's in the medical field and meet with them and interview them and have that have that uh that opportunity for them and so the goal may be to find two to three career choices that might interest them Mm -hmm. and then from there the goal might be let's look at the degree degree programs that you would need to to fulfill that career right so you've got to maybe reach out and get some of the long-term goals and pull them in and make them uh, a goal for today that's oh Oh. Oh. (laughs) you first dear thank you sweetheart (laughs) Um, I know, you know, when uh, I work with uh, clients privately, especially for for like SAT or ACT prep, I always tell them, look, okay, where do you want to go to school? Okay, great. Do you know what the average SAT score is to get into that school? And then, okay, if they've already taken it, okay, so where do you stand in relationship to the average student that's getting into that particular school? So you might say, hey, I want to get into here. But if their scores doesn't match, then, you know, sometimes it's a short gap, but sometimes it's a very wide gap. And like, hey, we got a lot of work to do to get there so they can get a, a just a realistic picture of what it's going to take to get there. So that's a really, really good point if you had yes. in there. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So preparing for those assessments, that's going to be a goal. Hey, you know, I'm going to spend 30 minutes a week preparing for the math section of the SAT, and mm-hmm. I can do that d- through various apps or online so setting those goals that relate to the long-term career choices and options just bringing them in to what they can do and start now yeah mm-hmm. and i saw something that I, I loved online um help your child make a list of his or her roles current roles in their life so mm-hmm. you are you know captain of the football team or you are uh, a sibling and what goals can you set that pertain to just those roles that might be a good place to start with your child that has no goals <laughs> absolutely absolutely and at some point they're going to need to build a resume so mm. what kinds of things and you just provide questions for students or for your children what kinds of things would you want someone to know about you and how can you show that on a resume and what can you do what leadership roles can you obtain or what what clubs or organizations can you be a part of that can show that you're a team player what do you want to know and how are you going to show that on your resume and i want to piggyback on that that's the student resume is one of the things we do with our uh, aspire academic and career mentoring students and i had actually not heard of a student resume not one to get a job but one to show what you've done in high school as you're going on to your the second part of your life. So can you talk about what a student resume is and what would go on it and sure. how you start building that? Students can have leadership roles in organizations or just be a, an active member in an organization. And that shows colleges, hey, this is someone who's invested in their campus and they are part of the activities going on. This is maybe someone that we would want to admit. Um, if they've had leadership roles, then they can inspire others to, you know, 
rally and, and do something positive on our campus. So um, that may be something to add to a resume. If they have a job, shows they're responsible and, you know, they may be timely or, you know, someone who can fulfill duties that are assigned. So that's going to be something you would want to include on your resume. Volunteerism and community service. If you've got uh, students on a campus who are sympathetic and compassionate and willing to, you know, pull up their bootstraps and do work and not get a, a physical reward for it, that shows a lot about the character of a student. And colleges look at that. Mm -hmm. So being a part of something or starting something on your own, so if there's not something that really suits your, your interests and you've got a couple of students who, who are like-minded and enjoy a certain interest along with you that may be uh, a group in its, in, in its making. So, you know, having someone who's willing to join in with others and are focused academically, so your information about your GPA or something, that's going to be included on your resume also. But the things that you do and the things that tell who you are and your character Mm -hmm. Those are going to be things that you want to include. Church service, uh, community service uh, organizations, things that tell about you as a person. Awards. Mm -hmm. Awards, yes. Achievements. GPAs. Yes. Mm -hmm. you know, I was thinking about uh, one of my clients. who He's now in college. I'm so proud of him. Um, but it, when he was in school, he you know, has a love for, for hip-hop. And so he uh, got it. There was no group to, you know, there was no outlet for it at his school. And so he got a group of friends together, and, they, and they're called the Hip Hop Heads. <laughs> and and they just talk about everything all hip hop all the time. And, you know, uh, and, and this uh, this is a private school. So, you know, this is you know, a bunch of students here who just love love rap. And, and he's gone, but, but the legacy is still there. Yeah. And it has moved on. And so that's just, you know, just I was thinking about that as you're talking about just getting creating an interest. It may not be something yes. that you already have in place, but to get something started to to leave a, you know, to leave that legacy. That's amazing. So he's a trailblazer. Yeah. And his legacy lives on, even though he's gone. I wonder if he's able to go back and, and be a part of some of their activities on campus. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to follow up with him and check it because yeah, he's he's in you know, he's in school locally. Um, so I may have to check and see, you know. If, if he's checked in his, on, on his baby that he started. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. Does the size of the goal matter? It does not. Okay. Okay. As long as it's meaningful, mm -hmm. as long as there's some satisfaction in reaching that goal, uh, it does, and it makes a difference for your child. So like tying your shoe was a goal. Mm -hmm. Hey, that gave a new level of independence right. for the kid. <laughs> so, me too. You know, yes, and for the <laughs> that <parent>. helped mom too. <laughs> So it doesn't matter how big or small it is, as long as it's helping students to gain self-confidence, um, helping them to learn how to face obstacles and challenges. And, you know, for example, riding a bike may be the goal, but there's satisfaction and enjoyment in being able to do that. So academic goals also being um, proud of yourself for moving forward, even, even if it's one or two percentage points over the course of a semester. That's growth. You're not moving in the opposite direction, but you've got uh, a vision ahead and you're moving toward it. So no matter what size, they're still very, very, very important, as long as it's meaningful. What if you feel like the goal's too easy? Questions. You, you can always prompt children with questions. Mm -hmm. Okay, about how long do you take, uh, think this will take to achieve? Mm -hmm. Okay, and then what are the next steps? What's, what can you reach for 
after meeting this milestone? And how can this be something that makes life easier for you or will, you Mm. know, set the path to more independence? Right. So if it's too easy, you know, offer some questions. Don't reinvent the goal for them and say, hey, you know, no, you'll be done with that (laughs) in a week. So I'm going to go ahead and let you know what your new goal is. Let them think through that process, but just be there and offer the questions. That's awesome. Prompt that critical thinking. Yeah. All right. So, um, so as a parent, do I need to make goals? Absolutely. Why? Well, <laughs> do you want to model goal setting for your child in you, any way? You do. And you want to have go through that process with them. As they're making their own goals, you set a goal for yourself. Of course, this is the new year, so everyone has set a New Year's resolution, or most people have. So as your student or your child is, is setting their goal, hey, here's my goal, and here's some of the things that I've uh, stated that I plan to do. Why don't we talk through this together and you share some of your plans and actions with me and we can be partners in this. So having an Mm -hmm. accountability partner so you can double check with each other and then be a cheerleader for one another. We're in a digital age, so you can kind of do something even as a football fanatic, um, do quarterly updates you know at halftime usually there's a locker room Mm. uh, update (laughs) and there's a pep talk uh, but they'll interview a few players and say hey well we didn't do very well uh, during the first quarter but now we're going to go back and they do a little reflective piece so that may be something fun to do with your your students or alongside them and say hey you know I fell off and I had a burger today when I should have had a salad and now I'm going to make sure that I only keep a certain amount of money in my wallet so that I can't you know, indulge in something that I shouldn't according to this diet. But, you know, these are going to be my plans and action steps and then have the student give you some feedback and some encouragement. So and vice versa. So you can use the the pep talks and the the digital coaching to support each other as you're both moving towards your goals, either personal, academic or otherwise. All right. So how uh does a child best handle discouragement along the way? You know, because you, know, you set goals and, you know, you know, I think we all have at some point said, hey, I want to get this done. But then at some point when we get into a funk or, you know, just feel like, man, this is not going to happen. So how do you help kids to handle discouragement along the way? It's, it's important to offer your own personal story and how you overcame obstacles or, you know, met the challenge and then survived. So, um Kids don't want to do something if there are no success stories. You know, if there's no one who's ever accomplished it, then they'll think it's something that's unattainable or it's not worth their time. But if you can share your own personal stories, that does a lot to show students and, and, your, and your children, your own children, hey, I've been where you are. I understand what you're going through, but here's why you should move forward. And here's mm. what I did. So you might have them research or talk to someone who's met a similar goal. So, you know, if the goal is to become a radio announcer, maybe they can have a conversation with someone who's successful in becoming a radio announcer and then talk about the obstacles that they faced and then share their story along with them. And they can offer them encouragement to keep moving towards the goal. And if the goal needs to be revisited, it's okay. So if, if the challenge is, is something that, that stands in the way of it being successful and it may be out of that student's hands or child's hands, 
then you can revisit that goal and look at the action steps or the timelines. And as long as you're moving towards something, you're not standing still. So it's okay to, to, to uh, adjust your goal, but don't lose sight of that vision and don't lose hope that you won't be able to achieve it or attain it. So if it's changing the action steps or if it's extending your timeline, all of those things are okay. So whenever a, a child is discouraged, offer them some of these options hey well let's talk to someone who who made it through or let's look up uh, or someone who was successful in becoming a heart surgeon look at the things that they faced and look how they approached those challenges and look what they were able to learn and gain from those experiences mm -hmm. have you ever heard of fear setting fear setting yes so I watched a TED talk and it was by Tim Ferriss and this is really going to be for older children, probably high school and for parents, you know, adults. But it, and it's great for a personality like mine because I am super analytical and sometimes I get analysis paralysis. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. Love, okay. love you. <laughs> and I, you know, can't move forward because in, in making a step because I'm just analyzing and analyzing and analyzing. So here's what the the concept of fear setting is. You make three lists with 10 to 20 entries. And the first list is to define what's the worst thing that could happen. Hmm. 10 to 20 of those things. And the second list is how can you prevent those things from happening, right? Okay. The third thing is, if the worst thing happens, if any of these fears happen, how can I fix it? So you're kind of walking through in order to get yourself to make the step because you're already walking in fear as it is. So just addressing the fears that you have and making sure that um, you, c you have kind of a plan B and you know plan A and a plan B to go to to make sure that you can actually address any of the issues that could possibly happen. And then the next step after you do that is to make a list of possible benefits of success with this action. Mm, that's good. If I take this, what could possibly happen? What are the good outcomes that could happen as a result of me being brave and moving forward? And then the third step is to make a list of the cost of your inaction. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. So if I don't do this thing that I am scared of doing, what's going to be the the downfall what could happen to me or my family or or you know my education or whatever so what do you what do you guys think about that more words david more words i think it's great because you've weighed all options you've weighed the benefits you've weighed hey if i just stay still and stay stagnant you know how's this going to impact me so I really like that it's pretty, it's very comprehensive. I mean, you you see all of the benefits and then all of the detriment to not taking action. And then it kind of gives you that plan ahead of time for how you're going to uh, meet, uh, address any yeah, issues. Address the, yes, address mm -hmm. the challenges that may come through. And then a lot of times communication, of course, if, if we communicate more, then we wouldn't have some of the different challenges that we have. So if there's a, something that they need to communicate ahead of time. Exactly. It can make things go smoother. I love that. I really mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. I know a lot of times, uh, sometimes, you know, when, you know, I was teaching and 
you know, during the year, I think the kids, you know, they come in and just, you know, they're there doing the doing the work and everything, but not necessarily seeing, you know, that there is uh, an end to this, and how ready are you for it? Yeah. And I say, look, you know, whether whether you're ready or not, uh, you know, this the state exam is coming, and are 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 you ready? And are you ready for? And that's a look. The options are, you know, either you're going to pass, or you're going to fail. And if you fail, you have to take it again, <laughs> and you know you have to go to summer school. And you know, and I had kids who didn't take me seriously; they thought it was a big joke. And then we're at the meeting at the end of the school year because their child failed, and you know they're in tears uh, because you know I had a few that ha- there had to be retained, mm-hmm. and you know, and it broke my heart. But you know, and so I th- I think you know, this is a great exercise. I mean, not that you know I'm not trying to do doom and gloom here, but just just to just to get a reality of, you know, if I stay on this path, uh, where is it going to take me and what do I need to do to to get off this path to get onto the right path? So that's, you know, this is, you know, it's, it's real. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that applied effort, you know, if I apply effort here, then it'll save me in the long run. So that's, that's very good. And that's actually a good segue into the growth mindset, applying effort. <laughs> so Katrina, can you tell us what the growth mindset is? Okay. Well, the growth mindset is uh, an ideology by Ms. Uh, Carol, Carol Dweck, and it is an amazing way of changing your thinking so that uh, you understand that it's not necessarily about being naturally smart, but it's about effort. And there's research that shows that the brain can be, you know, can be regenerated in a way. So it, it can be restructured according to how you think. So if it changes the way that you praise students for and, and children for what they do based on, you know, what they what they know, but more so for the effort that they apply. So it, it's a mindset of I can do these things if I apply the effort, not something that that's just natural. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I I hear a lot now, and it kind of bothers me because I just don't like this word, but I'm supposed to embrace it. But can you tell us why failure is a good thing? Okay. Well, it provides learning experiences. So uh, if you you fail at something, you start, you know, after you maybe dry up a few tears, but you start to reflect and you think about what could I have done differently? Hmm. What could I have changed? What effort could I have put in? in order to get a different outcome. So you think about the way that failure feels initially, but then you start to learn from it and process ways to improve actions and effort and strategies to make the outcome the one that you desire. It teaches you how to overcome obstacles because uh, it doesn't necessarily, because you failed at something doesn't mean you don't try it again. So you go back with a renewed approach and you think about the things that you've learned the first time so that you don't make those same mistakes or pitfalls the next time. Uh, it encourages students to be willing to continue to take risks. So most, you know, if you, if you don't have a growth mindset after the first failure, you may not be willing to try again, but you need to continue taking those risks in order to reach the goal or in order to be uh, a champion in, in a way of, of, of meeting that, that standard or that, that assessment or assignment. And then in anything, we need to be able to 
teach our children how to handle disappointments. Hmm. Um, well, yes. Right. Handle them well. Right. A lot of times students may say, well, the teacher didn't like me, so this is the grade I got. You mm, know. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that you're disappointed, <laughs> but what are you now going to do now that you know this the assessments are, are built on the notes and you've got the notes hey I've, you've got this the resources you've got the tools so let's take some time and look through the notes so that we are better prepared so give that encouragement hey you've got this if you just take the time and the effort to make sure that if success is what you're going for that you you put in the work to get it and then with problem solving and critical thinking so as obstacles and challenges come about you've got to problem solve uh, you've got to use the resources that you have in a way that will ultimately get you to the goal so if there's an event and it's raining hey I know I need to be prepared with tents or I need to have additional staff ready to address the weather so it teaches you how to problem solve which is something that applies in every aspect of life so either either it's career if it's personal life at home you've got to be able to problem solve it and think your way through things so Mm -hmm. handling disappointment thinking your way through problem solving preparing those are all things that are a result of failure but they're all learning opportunities right and it doesn't make you a bad person or i was going to say a failure but you know it's it's something to learn from just like what you're saying absolutely yeah i want to add here you know one of the things i always um encourage my students to do is you know typically a lot of times you know in school if a student got below a 70 you know they're required to to do the corrections to get it up to a passing grade but i think there's a missed opportunity where students who passed because they think oh i'm good i passed but did you get a hundred you know (laughs) if you didn't get a hundred then you can grow but you know that that takes effort um so what i would do a lot of times i would say well everybody has to do corrections so you can find out specifically what it is that you messed up on because you're probably going to see it again in a semester exam or later on on the you know sat or act exam you know whatever it is so i always want to encourage uh and this is for parents um if your child brings home a test and even if they pass still have them do corrections because it's going to help them to grow um it's going to have that growth mindset in place so that they can they can keep on getting better and stronger even if they didn't quote unquote fail i like that um so part of the dweck study is intelligence versus praise effort can you tell us what that is and how we need to uh, maybe change the way we work with our children in this well According to Carol Dweck, if you're praising for intelligence, um, it gives students a, a self-confidence, but it's short-lived because then they believe the expectation is that they are never going to fail, that they know mm-hmm. everything, and then they're concerned about how others view them, and then they're not willing to take risks in, hey, I've got to know everything, so if I take this risk and they find out I don't know, then that's a negative view of me and am I really as smart as as they say I am Mm. whether uh, rather if you're praising for effort you're commending students for the processes they use if they're engaged if they're persevering if they're using strategies if they're going back and reflecting and they're willing to put in work it it helps them to take on new challenges and it they get the gain the confidence and the understanding that hey I may not know everything but I'm willing to find out 
I'm going to be confident in it. And if I make mistakes along the way, hey, it's it, I've at least tried. I at least tried. So if you're praising them for effort, they'll continue to give it. Mm. Rather than mm. if you're praising for intelligence, you may not see them being willing to take risks, academic or otherwise, because they're in the fear of... They're already there. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm already smarter. I'm already, I already have ability. Yes. And that's the other side of that, too. Hey, I'm, you know, that, that's, that they may consider that, hey, that's beneath my level of intelligence. <laughs> so, but if mm. you're, you're commending the effort... Um, that goes a long way, and it applies to different parts of life. So if you're putting in effort in community service, that should be commended. If you're putting in effort in our armed forces, that should be commended. So it's not just about what you know. It's about what you're doing. And actually, I, I tried this out with um, our 10-year-old with basketball, and I was remembering the Dweck study because she he's actually pretty good in basketball. I'm bragging on him a little bit. <laughs> but instead of you know, saying that, you know, you're really good at basketball. I said, you know, you really worked hard to listen to your coaches and you really improved from the last game. And, you know, you did a great job instead of just saying you're a great basketball player because mm -hmm. then they kind of rest on their laurels and like, oh, I'm good. Yes. Uh, we, you know, you, you praise the effort that you see that they're putting in. Yes. And I love that you were specific about what you gave praise for because, hey, if they're not doing something necessarily well, but you said, hey, great job then they won't see any area for improvement. Right. But with you being very specific about what went very, very well, they're able to find out or, or figure out things that they can improve upon, mm -hmm. too. So that's awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. So um, how do we as parents need to change the way we talk uh, to foster a growth mindset at home? Okay. Well, of course, Every student or every child is not going to accomplish something on the first try, not all of them, but you've got to have that yet. Hey, you weren't able to tie your shoes yet, or you were not able to pass the quiz yet, but with renewed focus on your notes or, or more time with studying or, you know, more time with me modeling uh, how to tie your shoe for mm -hmm. you, you will get there. So you've got to change that language if students are not able to meet a benchmark at that particular time but also you want them to speak positive you know give affirmations uh you are um a leader because and then explain you know give them some of the great qualities and attributes that uh that you see and that others see in them so they can use that as encouragement also but changing the way that you uh, talk with your students and letting them know that you can accomplish these things through effort or, you know, through taking action steps, those are great ways to foster a growth mindset in your students and then and in your children. And then getting well-noted surgeons or, you know, uh, leaders who've, who've met certain goals and have had some obstacles. Hey, they didn't meet it at this time, but their yet was there. You know, there was still a yet. They hadn't met it yet. But these are the things that they did in order to get there. Give us some examples of fixed mindset statements that we need to avoid, help our children to avoid. Okay. Brought cheat sheet here oh, with good. me. Oh, <laughs> good. <laughs> give me a moment to. Okay. Uh, whenever students say, hey, I give up, that's, that's a no-no. So your growth mindset statement might be, I don't understand this yet, but I, 
I will ask my teacher. I will ex I'll ask someone to explain this to me. I never un I'll never understand this. I will understand this. Mm -hmm. I'm not good at that. I am great at at learning. So mm -hmm. if I don't understand yeah. it yet, or I'm not good at it now, I I'm I'm a great learner. So I will learn how to do that. This is too hard, or this is too difficult. This has maybe not been explained in a way that that I've got it right under my belt right now, but in time I will accomplish this or, you know, I have not done this yet, but I will uh, meet this target or this isn't very good. Well, I, I have a paper and I, I need to use more figurative language. So with adding figurative language, this is going to be a great paper. So learning or teaching students to focus on the things that are going well uh, so that they don't have a, a spirit that's diminished and they don't think that they're defeated before they begin. So it's changing that language. And then when you're giving your students praise and uh, verbal support for things, you change the way that you're talking with them also. Hey, you, you, you ran the race and I can tell that you were giving your full effort and I'm so proud of you for doing that. And you will uh, meet the finish line in, in a better amount of time than you did this time. So giving them that yet in their in your statements and in your encouragement also it's supportive all right well unfortunately we're out of time thank you so much katrina you really gave us some great tips to work with our children and i hope that um everyone has has gotten some good nuggets that they can go away with uh, we do want to let you know a few things that are going on with Noggin. On our website, site schooldazedshow.com, we actually have a smart goals and growth mindset toolkit that you can download for free. So go and check that out. And this, what this does is it gives your child the opportunity to go through the exercise of identifying goals that are smart and has them develop steps for reaching those goals. And it also has a growth mindset activity to help them change their thoughts and words from fixed to growth. And uh, we'd also love for you to donate to Noggin Educational Foundation for just a dollar a day. You'll help us provide one semester of free tutoring, supplies for our summer math and reading program, or 75 books. So go ahead and head to schooldazedshow.com and click on the banner there. All right. Um, from Noggin Educational Coaching, uh, I've been, as I mentioned last week, in the kitchen cooking up uh, a webinar, is, and the topic is going to be um, the shifts that every family must make to achieve uh, academic success without, without slipping and falling along the way. So what are the things that parents can do to come alongside their kids to help them to achieve success? It really ties in a lot to what we're talking about today, and I'll give you more de details about that next week. We always want to end our show by saying that we are parenting by grace. We depend on God to give us the wisdom and the strength we need to raise our kids into flourishing adults. And if you'd like to know more about us, uh, more about that, email us at info at schooldazedshow.com. You guys have a great week. <laughs>